and support begins in three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and we're back. This is Kelly Tool at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-O-L on Twitter, and welcome back to Nurture and Support. And as always, I'm with... I'm Mel at Karmic9 on Twitter, and it's good to be back. Yay. It's mostly good, but there's somebody else here, too, so we better introduce him. Our special guest for the return of Nurture and Support is the one and only Mike Malinsky. Say hi to the folks, Mike. Hello, everybody. I am Dr. Mike, an official pagan on everything, and thank you guys so much for having me on. You guys know I'm a huge fan of the show and super excited to have the show back, just as a fan. And he's he's definitely a big fan because I couldn't remember if we had outro music. And he goes, "Oh yeah, you do. You've got you've got an outro." You guys have your closing, and Kelly didn't remember that. Like I'm giving him pointers on how to edit your show. Yeah, yeah. There was a corgi howling a lot of the time. Yep. In the outro, yeah. So that that'll that'll be back. So super excited to have you back, and then Mel and I will sort out kind of the timing for further nurture and supports, but it's my fervent desire that we can continue to kind of crank some of those out on a schedule that works out well for everybody. But the big problem with nurture and support was Mel's complete lack of internet access for a period of time. And we see you here tonight, and so how'd that happen and how's it going? Well, it appears to be going pretty well. I haven't heard any stuttering since we've been on here. Usually my video is really bad and my audio breaks up, but so far everything looks good. But yeah, I live in one of the wonderful parts of Texas that has, despite being outside a major city area, we don't have very good um, internet and no broadband. So the little company that I got internet from closed <laughs> and didn't really give us a lot of warning. So I used fixed wireless before and I've found a an alternative, which is still not broadband, but appears to be working for the moment. So we'll see how, uh, how long it holds up. Well, it's sounding and looking great so far. So very, very promising size. We, we made a run or two. At, I think the last two nurture and supports we recorded was a little touch and go. <laughs> but uh, yeah. this is super solid. Going going great. Well, that's good. All right. Oh, yeah. And I guess since last we met, Mike became a doctor. <laughs> I was going to ask about that. I, I had seen references to Dr. Mike before, but I've, I've missed how that happened. I took a, a short, condensed version of medical school. Okay. Okay. Because I'm gifted like that. I I was fast tracked through medical school and now I have my own practice set up with offices and everything. Nice. So, um, you know, is there a particular specialty you're working on? No, I feel like I'm good at everything. I don't want to hold back, put myself in, uh, in any kind of box like society wants us to. Right. So you're just a, you're a general practitioner, but you know, with specialties and everything. Right. Exactly. Sure. That sounds good. Yeah. I, I need to I need to go to this medical school. You should. Yeah, it's the, I don't know, you may be familiar with it. It's a well-respected medical school called I Bought a Former's Doctor's Office and I'm parading myself off as a doctor. School of Medicine. Yeah. It's a good school. There's a it's- sign outside and I have a parking lot. I'm a doctor. I think that's a great move, really. I want to buy, I should do that. You should. Find a doctor's office, buy it. Live there. Done. Absolutely. You're a doctor. 
I actually have some medical training, so hey, I might See? be able to pull that off for a little while. You have the training, I have the offices. We, I feel like a business is forming. The only problem is the part of the world that you live in is a little too cold for me. Oh, okay. I was going to say, what's wrong with my part of the world other than, you know, crime and poverty and terrible weather? We other have that, that down here, except we don't we don't add snow into that terrible weather. Well, that's when people fall and need my services. That's true. Down here, we just get, you know, massive dehydration from it being 120 degrees. But, you know. See. Now, I do face one thing that I guess you probably don't then. It snowed a little bit already. And for the first time, it occurred to me that clearing the parking lot is not going to be fun. No. Salt would probably be your friend. <laughs> or get a little John Deere tractor and a snowplow on the front and just cruise out there. And True. That'd be, that'll be fun. You've got like storage sheds, right? So you're all set. I do. Yeah. I have like a small, I have a big shed and then like a small barn next to it. You got to so. love a doctor's office with a barn. Right. That's you know, it was, it like was a horror movie. Legit. Is that, yeah. is that why you bought it? It was a pretty legit place. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's funny because, well, now this couldn't happen now, but you have to picture it when it was totally empty and it was just, you know, like 30 rooms, white square rooms with sinks in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been slowly, you know, turning it into a livable space. So it's a little bit different now, but when we had our inspection and then when the locksmiths came to change the 800 doors locks and things like that on there, every person who came in here would just get lost because <laughs> <laughs> every room looks the same so like they would have right. just have no idea what room they were in or where they were supposed to go next and it was fun that's when you needed to to paint the colored pathway down the hallways <laughs> like they do in hospitals so you know people know where they're going it's true i think yeah. it works out better for mike if people are confused on escape routes <laughs> so <laughs> the locksmith I left down here for a while and went up to the, the house part of the property. And then I came back down to the offices and he was just wandering aimlessly. He's like, oh, thank God you're back. He's like, your house is like something out of a horror movie. I was like, I know, right? Isn't it great? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. So when are you going to start filming that? You probably were already <laughs> filming that. You probably I mean, already have cameras up in there. There's there's a lot going on here. <laughs> I figure burgeoning arcade <laughs> so yeah. he's got yeah. lots, lots of things going on <laughs> yeah cool but the tiny humans love it because of the number of sinks that we have absolutely so that's that fascinates them to no end they just right. love running through every room and turning the sinks on and off mm-hmm. and all the little rooms give you scary places to hide and jump out at people hence yeah. the horror yeah. movie part that was the first thing um they hadn't seen the property until a settlement was made on it and then i brought them over and let them run around we lost one of them <laughs> <laughs> Um, legit could not find him just looking everywhere and the his brother was like this is great i don't even know where he is this is the best house ever yeah yep Mm, that sounds like you should be filming all of that well i'm trying to convince kelly to make a trip down and stay with me for a few days yeah we'll keep working on that (laughs) there's plenty of room kelly yeah with your own sink yeah you'll definitely have a sink Um, (laughs) well Kelly pointed out when I sent him a picture one of the rooms is now like a library we have bookshelves all over the walls and all the books up there and stuff like that and I sent Kelly a picture of it and he was like you know you can take that sink out right (laughs) (laughs) you could it's a new decorating theme. It's just like a sink, a sink in every room. Well, or, or you could build a bar around the sink. There you go. Bar, bar. in every room. Right. Since it is a library, you know, it'd be nice to have a 
good bar in there with all the books. See? Yeah. I like the way Mel thinks. Both of you guys should come. Yeah. I love <laughs> libraries. Yeah. We wouldn't even see each other, Mel. <laughs> you know, <it> be... <laughs> I do get lost in little rooms with seats. So. <laughs> I probably I wouldn't be able to leave the room with the books. So when my dad came over again before anything was furnished, he walked through it for a while and then then came back to me and he was like, "Yes, this is where you would live." <laughs> <laughs> Not sure if that was a compliment or as accurate. <laughs> was, yeah. I mean, clearly, it was accurate because it's where you do live. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gang. We will go ahead and get started. It's a recommendation show this week, and I'll kick it off, and then we'll end it over to Doctor Mike, and Mel will bring us home. So my recommendation will be fairly short, but super fun. It is the Rocket Book Wave. Are either of you familiar with the Rocket Book Wave? No, I can't say that I am. No, I thought you were having a stroke or something. It's it's a different, it's a different issue. So it is uh, a spiral bound erasable notebook that you can, as you write your notes down. So as I do all my preparation for all the podcasts that we do, I can write my notes down and have them there. When I'm done, there's a QR code at the bottom of every page. And so you you basically put the the whole page in the frame of your, your cameras on your phone, take the picture And it can then send it to Google Drive, Evernote, Dropbox, OneNote, OneDrive, Trello, Slack, Box, Google Photos, or email as a PDF attachment. Or it can do OCR letter recognition to the best of its ability, depending on your writing ability. And it can give you a text version of your notes. And so you can kind of quickly take some notes, and then you can fire them up into the various electronical means to store and track things. And you'll eventually fill the notebook up. And you might think, well, now that's sad because I need to get another book but no it is erasable ink and it's thermal ink and so what you do and i'm not making this up this isn't part of the stroke mike when you're done when your book is full you put it in the microwave yes you put it in the microwave with about a coffee cup on it that's about half filled with water and you just microwave it till there's a little indicator on the front a little rocket and when the rocket disappears you're done you open up the microwave take it out be careful with the hot water you've just created, and your book's completely blank again. Cool. So, Mel, when did you first start to notice the change in Kelly's mental capacities? <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't been around for a while, so you've probably had a little more, you know, contact the last few months than I have. So, he seemed normal the last time we talked. <laughs> That's what I thought as well. So, I'm going to officially state I was today years old. <laughs> When I realized that this was happening to our friend Kelly. <laughs> it's a microwavable book. It is. It's so awesome. I microwave all, all microwavable? my books. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they are just like all stretch pants or, or stretch pants because they don't have a choice. But yeah, I guess all books are microwavable. But this one is microwaving with a purpose. So, so I put right. some of my books in the freezer. Really? So now, Mikey, are you worried about Mel? Because... <laughs> Nope, Mel's perfect. No, y'all haven't y'all haven't heard that that whole thing about reading a scary book and you put it in the freezer. No, when it scares you. Okay, it's a it's a sorry, it's a book nerd thing. Sorry, I digress. Sounds like sounds like a crazy book nerd thing. What what, what's the what's the rationale here? There isn't any that the cold of the freezer and the locking door keeps the monsters from crawling out of the book to get you when when you're reading a book that scares you. You put it in the freezer. I have never heard that. <laughs> yeah, I've never okay. heard that either. Okay. It, it's and a, I have a it's library a, with a sink. And you should put a freezer in there, possibly. 
<laughs> to hold all the scary books. <laughs> So. That, that'd be pretty cool, actually. You've got the shelves, and you, you can make that work. The horror section is right over here. Just open right. the freezer. In the freezer. Right. Hey, wow. See, look at all the stuff people are learning on this episode already. We've got actual you know, microwavable, erasable technology and tips on reading scary books and what to do. So this is all this is all good. So I, I think Mike's yeah. going to have a hard time following it up. But, but you know, this is great. I got kind of a package uh, deal at Christmas with that for – it's all intended for podcast stuff. So got the notebook for all the things I need to do there. I got a nice new uh, a microphone screen. And a book recommendation, which I will give later at a future nurture and support, a book to read and then recommend. So it was a nice little, nice little package of stuff. And I just love it. The, the pens are great. I haven't, I don't think they're super expensive because obviously at some point you're going to run out of, uh, of ink on the, th- the pen with the thermal ink, but you can go to most office supply stores and pick up. Uh, additional ones and it's a it's a a really nice pen and so it all works out really great so i've been loving it and uh because mike and i have a a prisoner exchange coming up where we exchange albums and take notes on all the songs and talk about it it's going to be being put through its paces here very soon so my recommendation this week is the notebook wave it does exist i didn't i'm not crazy (laughs) and uh that's that's my recommendation now what it what is the price point of that kelly because i am very interested joking aside we put it in the blog post but it was a gift (laughs) so i don't know but i think probably around like 30 bucks I don't, okay. I, don't think really? I don't think it's real pricey. I will <laughs> fact check that and correct myself in the notes on the blog if I'm incorrect. But I think it's around 30 bucks. Yeah. And, I, and I, I go to order it after this $400. <laughs> so the it's in a spiral with like regular paper. Does it feel like regular paper or does it feel like a different kind of paper? It uh, feels it, it's not um, it feels like heavy stock. And there's a slight, maybe a slight gloss to it, but it's not like a dry erase board kind of deal. But it's it's a bit of a heavier stock, but it basically kind of kind of feels like a heavy stock paper, and you're writing on it with a kind of a fountain pen, and away you go. And it, uh, you know, drawings and all those types of things, you can do all that. It'll fire up as a PDF. You can then kind of you know do screenshots and all that, and kind of pull some stuff out that way. It's not as cool as the Apple Pen, previous recommendation, but it's still kind of cool. So yeah, no, I mean a lot of people prefer to write on on paper than on there's a couple of of e-ink tablets that you can write notes on that will do stuff like that but they're very expensive and you know they're not paper they're so so does it have to use their special pens because there are other thermal pens out there like there's a a friction pen that's heat sensitive that will disappear with heat i haven't tried and i'm sure that their manufacturer warranty would encourage you to only use their brand of pens their pen. but i think it, they look pretty readily available at officer so okay. i think it must just be any thermal friction pen kind of deal you could do that with so yeah hmm. that's cool i'll have to look at that too intriguing yeah and the spiral on it is plastic not metal so you don't get an entertaining spark show when you when you run microwave it, it. You microwave it so <laughs> Cool. I like that. Okay, Mr. Dr. Mike, you're up. Thank you, sir. I was going to say, you almost called me Mr. I didn't go to medical school for nothing, Kelly. Well, actually, technically you did. (laughs) (laughs) So my recommendation, and I've talked before doing 
you know, different things with Kelly. And I may have mentioned it when I was lucky enough to be a guest on Nurture and Support previously. I love like retro gaming and the recent waves of mini consoles that have been coming out. I've been a big fan of particularly the Nintendo ones. They really nailed it. Sony really, really dropped the ball on it with their mini PlayStation console. I do have that. Um, but I bought it months after its initial $100 price point release where I paid $15 for it. So it it did not fare well market value wise, whereas the Nintendo consoles, when you come across them, are still, I mean, maybe $10 less than the price point they were released at a couple of years ago. But more recently, Sega jumped into that and released the anniversary edition of the Sega Genesis as the Sega Genesis Mini. And when they initially announced that, a lot of people were apprehensive about it because Sega had been licensing plug and play titles for a while of varying mostly bad quality. Uh, but this was actually manufactured by Sega. It perfectly matches the Sega Genesis. But what's more important about it is the attention to detail that they put into it. It is a smaller replica of the original Genesis console, but it is more detailed than the previous mini consoles were. And they learned from a lot of the mistakes that were made, particularly by Sony when they did their PlayStation console. There were a lot of odd things with Sony. For one thing, it doesn't come with a power brick, the the PlayStation mini, which seems like such an obvious thing. And of course, you have Everybody has the USB power bricks everywhere, but you know, it seems like an odd thing to not include, especially at a hundred plus dollar price point. They were initially asking for the menus on some of these systems are non-existent. It's just, you know, titles or, or game screens. They put a lot of effort into the menus for this. They got one of the original Sega Genesis composers to create a new background score for the menus. The menus include box art that you can rotate to make it look like they're sitting on a shelf or looking at them straight on. You can adjust the screen sizes so you get a widescreen version, which is a little bit stretched, but not overly pixelated. You can watch it in its original four frame, uh, full frame version, including adding like CRT scan lines and things like that for a more authentic look to it. What's really great about it, though, like I mentioned, is the attention to detail and things. So when you go through the boxes, not only do you get the original box art, you can arrange the games by release date alphabetically, however you want to do it. You get the instruction you get qr codes to link to the instruction booklets scans of the original instruction booklets for every game but where it really gets interesting and one of the things that that sprung up around this of course is people and you can readily find easy ways to do this online but hacking the mini consoles to add more games to them which isn't a difficult thing to do but somebody very quickly discovered that with the sega genesis mini and One of the reasons that you would do this, one of the issues that people ran into, particularly on the Sony PlayStation 1, is there was apparently originally a much better roster of games to be included with it. And for whatever reason, the licensing fell through. So there are bits of code of what could have been the better version of the PlayStation Mini that are left over. And they mixed PAL versions of the games and NTSC versions of the games, which give you frame rate issues and different things like that. On the surface, the Genesis seems to play perfectly, but there's this cool thing you can do where you can go into the menu and change the language. So obviously, you know, if you're in North America, you're setting it to English probably when you get it. But if you were to go in and say, change your language to German, all of the boxes would be the German releases. You would get QR links to the scans of the German books that come with them. But more importantly, you would get the German ROMs of the games. 
and where that's really cool is not just, you know, seeing a different language on screen, but some of the games in some of the Japanese and European, specifically German, which is why I mentioned it, versions of the games are very different and you get those totally different versions of the games. So really extreme example of that, a very popular game series by Konami is the Contra game series. In Germany, Contra, the early NES Contra games were heavily, heavily censored to the point where Konami felt like it wasn't worth releasing them in that format. So they took the level designs and replaced all of the characters and changed the storyline. Did not have to deal with the censorship issues, which actually launched this complete different franchise that uses the levels of every Contra game. So every time a new Contra game would come out, the same level design would be used for this other series that only existed in Germany. So for example, if you switch your language on this to German, you get the German version of Contra that's included with that that is a completely different game. So it actually, there's even more content that people are constantly discovering on this. I'm not going to say totally negating the, the point to hack it and add things to it, but there's just so much detail added to it that I think it's a really great console. It did launch at a slightly higher price point than Nintendo games. It's come down slightly though. So I feel like for the price point that they're asking for it, it's completely worth it. And there's no reason to go out and buy international versions. The Sega Genesis was designed differently in Japan and you can buy the Japanese version with the Japanese ROMs. But again, you don't have to do that because if you want those ROMs, they are all actually included. So that is my recommendation. Go buy the Sega Genesis Mini. And I'm a doctor, so it's really a health thing. I am officially prescribing it to you. Gaming is good for the soul. It is. Yeah. And while I was paying laser-like attention to Mike's entire recommendation, I may or may not have done a Google search during the time frame to confirm the price point of the Rocketbook Wave varies between $23 and $28. So I was, I was close. The other part, Very and I was, I was so tempted to do this, Mel, and I, I just, I finally decided to be a better person and not do it. With our new recording mechanism, when Mike mutes himself or you mute yourself in the Hangout, that all works great. If I mute myself in the Hangout, it doesn't matter <laughs> because my mic is still live. Found that out on a show <laughs> where, <laughs> where I was muting in the in the Hangout, but not in the online uh, broadcast software. But what I do is I can mute myself in the online broadcast software, which is what I do. And I know this has kind of concerned Mike on a couple of recordings because there'll be ice clinking in my glass or something going through that's clearly going on. But I'm muted. I'm like, I'm good. I get a good type of thing. And so I almost started a conversation with you during Mike's recommendation, which when you listen to the recording, you won't hear and would have really, really messed Mike up. But I didn't do that. So. Oh, Okay. But it, so, it, but I might yeah. do it. Might do it during yours. Just so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you hear a little crying dog, my my little puppy got neutered today, and he's he's waking up crying. That's why I kept muting my microphone because he's staring at me very sadly right now, trying to cry. What but have you um, done to me. <laughs> yeah, he he's not happy at all. I really haven't looked at a lot of the throwback game players because I really didn't get what they were all on but the that sounds cool i didn't get to have a sega when i was little we had a nintendo and that was it and we had an atari this is a good way to to jump on that bandwagon 30 years later yeah and what makes it more interesting too is that some of the selection of games because even on when you're playing the u.s roms you get some titles that were actually never officially released in north america mm-hmm. you get a game that sega denied its existence for decades which is the genesis version of tetris cool. sega made tetris for genesis and then opted to not release it because there were legal battles that were very expensive going on between atari and nintendo over the home rights right there's a a feature-length documentary about it <laughs> which is really 
good. But Sega was like, hey, we're not going to get involved in this. <laughs> so they actually denied ever making Tetris for Genesis for a long time. And when an occasional tester cartridge would get out there, it would become a very sought after item going for huge, huge amounts of money, despite the fact that Sega claimed it didn't actually exist, that you were imagining that cartridge. <laughs> That's not yeah. real. That sounds like current events now. Anyway, so... <laughs> You know, <laughs> so you you get the uh, the mythical Tetris for Sega, yeah. and also a a sort of new game. You get a port of a game that never made it to Genesis that they decided to do a port of for for this year <laughs> as a new game for it. What is it? Um, it's a port of the arcade game Darius. Which made it to other consoles, and they were working on a Sega version, and for whatever reason, it just never happened. So they used fans who worked with the the original like Sega coders and stuff to make a Darius port for the Genesis Mini. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so the whole the whole thing I thought was pretty cool. And you can there's supposed to be I don't know if they're released in Japan already, but there is supposed to be. So Sega was famous for putting out add-ons to their console and you can get little fake plastic add-ons to add to it so that it looks like your monstrous Sega with its 35 extra attachments to it. That's cool. Everything's retro. And since it was prescribed by Dr. Mike, as all Dr. Mike prescriptions carry with them, 50% of your purchase price will be reimbursed by Mike personally, just be sure to... <laughs> because he cares about you. He's My patients matter. Yes. Or a sink, okay. whatever, whatever you want. Right. <laughs> He's got plenty of things. Well, that's cool. I'll have to look at those. See, I, y'all are giving me too many things I should go buy when I'm supposed to not be buying things for New Year's, you know? Well, we so. remain open. We were pitching this hard on Squat Cobbler for any of the manufacturers out there. For instance, the Rocketbook Wave manufacturer. Here's two candidates that very much so want to try your product and would publish a review on it. A glowing review, no doubt. So we'll take free stuff. We always take free stuff, so... Well, that's cool. My recommendation is not free, and I actually spent a lot of money on it, but y'all don't have to. It's a book, like many of my recommendations. It's a book called Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir. That's M-U-I-R. This has my vote for, it's definitely the best book I read in 2019. So I absolutely loved this book. I think that Mike will really like this book. I don't know about you, Kelly. I think there's a lot here for you to enjoy, but there is an audiobook that is actually really, really good. You're, so you're saying Mike will probably enjoy it and you're worried about me. Is this because of my past? Is, is, is this a character issue <laughs> or, no, or is this no. my unwillingness to read? Uh, you know, uh, you, I don't think you probably like a lot of my book recommendations, but, you know. I like. Oh, you don't have to lie to me. <laughs> One of us has a library in their house, Kelly. That's and, right. Yeah, yeah, right. That, that's right. <laughs> this book deals with necromancers, which just screams Mike. <laughs> and the other part, so the tagline, y'all stop me before I got to the tagline for this book. Right on the cover. It's lesbian necromancers explore a haunted gothic palace in space. So <laughs> I knew you would be. You had this me a actually, lesbian and then you just kept winning. I knew. I knew that was what I was going to get from Mike. This book was so much fun. I just can't even describe to y'all how much I loved this book. It is so fun. I first read it as the ebook 
So I actually own all three versions of this book. I have the hardcover, I have the ebook, and I have the audio book because someone then told me after I loved it so much, I needed to read the audio. I needed to listen to the audio book, which is really good. And I think you'd really like the audio book, Kelly. I think you would. Because it's really you can't fun. Read. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Right, she's just radio microwave it. That's... Don't microwave it. Don't microwave it. The words will disappear. No. It'll be terrible. Yeah. No. Kelly and I have talked about the reading versus audio in the past. So, you know, some people get titchy when I talk about reading and they think I don't mean listening to the audiobook. So I'm saying, because I've said in previous shows that I'm very picky about the audiobooks that I like, because the narrator could ruin, you know, if you have a bad reader of the book, it can ruin a good book. This book has a great one. I almost prefer it in audiobook as opposed to reading it with my eyeballs. So it's about necromancers in space. How can anybody not love that? And I have a lot of noise going on. I'm sorry. So this book came out in September of 2019. And basically, almost all of the writers on Twitter that I follow had been going crazy about this book for months before, saying we were going to love it when it came out. And so I had bought it, but I hadn't read it until about December. I blew through this book in like two days. I stayed up all night one weekend and um, finished the whole book. It was really just that great. So the main character is the title character, Gideon the Ninth. They are necromancers. She's not. She's just a warrior in like this necromancer sect that lives on a deadish planet guarding a tomb. And it is so much fun. It doesn't sound like it would be. But they kind of mix fantasy, given the necromancer part, with sci-fi and that they're on a planet somewhere. They are ruled by a necrolord who is also like a divine god emperor type person. They worship him. Their religion is surrounded by him. And I don't know exactly who they're fighting out in the depths of space, but they're all fighting somebody. And all Gideon wants to do is to join the army, the cohort, they call it the cohort. So she wants to run away and be a warrior. And she's basically an indentured servant where she's at. Her nemesis there is like the princess of this little house family. They hate each other and they're always trying to one-up each other and kill each other and all of these fun things. And everything gets very complicated when Harrow, the princess, gets the opportunity to go compete to become one of the special group of warriors for the Necrolord. But she needs a cavalier and they don't have a good one there. And she needs Gideon to go with her. And they promise Gideon that they'll set her free and she can go do whatever she wants to do. And they won't torture her anymore by keeping her on their dead little asteroid if she does this one thing for him. So they go off and they do this thing. And then it turns into like a murder mystery. Like they're trapped on the in this decaying building on this world where no one lives. 
And it's kind of like Clue, where you have a dinner party, and there's all of these people there from all of the houses. There are nine houses. You have two people from each house there, and people start dying, and they have to wonder who's killing them. So it becomes this very fun, rollicking murder mystery. And Gideon is the best character. If you're sensitive to language use, you shouldn't read this book because Gideon loves an F-bomb. Oh, you just lost Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You should have heard the things that Kelly said in the last podcast that we did. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Really? Yeah. Uh, It was you. Don't even. It was you. No. You said it. I opened the door and the cascade of the terminology came mostly from you. I have notes of, you know, the... 20 to 30 edits I have to do for YouTube for it, and most of them are yours. But What, we, what was the phrase you used that opened that door, I, Kelly? Uh, the phrase I, I gave the title of the album was, was, was a monkey autopsy or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, Kelly, you know which one it was. Oh, so I, I remember the band name. I'm not going to mention the band name because I'm going to have to edit this podcast too. So, But the one thing, what I'm hearing is if I watch the movie version of Clue, it's like reading this book. Is that right, Mel? Yes, except there are necromancers, and it's in space. Oh, okay. Yes. I was led to believe these are lesbian necromancers. That is still accurate. They are. Well, Gideon is, at least. Gideon has a penchant for dirty magazines. This is actually one of those things where I really, it really kind of irritated me, and maybe I'm not being progressive enough or something. It irritated me that this gets thrown out as the lesbian word everywhere. Yeah, Gideon likes chicks. Yes, Gideon looks at porn. It's not a big thing. Disappointingly for you, Mike, there are no sex scenes in this book. So for me, the whole lesbian thing is I, I didn't really get where it where it needed to even be said. It's a fun book. Gideon is one of the best characters I've really read recently and that she's just there being the dumb doc and everybody else there is smarter than her. She's just muscle and she's just she just wants to get this job done and get out but in the course of the book you've got her and her arch nemesis there evolving their relationship from maybe hating each other completely to being frenemies somewhere around there because they're having to work together so you also then get the whole buddy cop thing going on this book hits a lot of different genres and in it all Gideon just has the best narrative voice. She is sarcastic and swears a lot, which is super fun. And she's very stylish, which brings me to the cover of this book, which the cover art incidentally is done by an artist named Tommy Arnold. But I'll hold up a picture of the book for y'all so y'all can see it. This is the cover of Gideon the Ninth. That's Gideon. She's all in black. She's got red hair. And if you zoom in on the picture, which took me forever to actually realize, because her face is painted like a skull, that's one of the, the parts of her particular house in this world. They paint their faces like skulls. Um, and it also sort of denotes their rank in the in the house as to the way their makeup is. But so the cover of the book has Gideon in all black with a sword and her face painted all white with the black, you know, black markings around where the bones would be. And I originally assumed that the eye sockets were just 
dark because that was black for the skull. But if you look really closely, there's sunglasses. And that features, it's a big feature in the book of she finds these sunglasses and she's very proud of them and she wears them all the time because she's just that cool. So I don't ever like to give too much away about these books. And I know I don't do a very good job of explaining just how great they are. But I feel like anything anything I really say would spoil some of the fun of this one because it is a mystery. I can tell you there is a sequel coming out, I believe in June of this year, that is called Harrow the Ninth. So in this book, we're dealing with Gideon, who is the cavalier sidekick of Harrow. And the next book is going to be um, from Harrow's perspective. So it's called Harrow the Ninth, and it'll be out in June. And I'm very much looking forward to it because, like I said, this was my favorite book of 2019. So, Zach, um, is the Harrow book going to be same timeline and just kind of the other perspective? No, or? no, it's a, it's a continuation. But this this book does leave you. It doesn't answer all of the questions of this world, which is why I can't I can't really explain who they're fighting or very much about the Necro Lord because he features into the next book more, I would presume, after the trials of this book. So that one's going to be told from Harrow's perspective, but it is going to be a continuation of the story from the point where this one ends. And I hope to get more answers about what exactly is going on and what how they got to where they are. This civilization is thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. What they're competing for is to be what's called a lictor, which are the direct right hands of this necrolord. And they're all immortal once they attain this state. There's a lot of mystery going on as to how any of this came about. And with the world building in this series, they just assume that, you know, you know all of this. They just throw you in the middle of it without trying to give you a bunch of explanations. So I presume some of those mysteries will get answered as the story goes on. Because there's somebody buried on that asteroid where they come from. That's why it's called the Locked Tomb. Their job there was to guard this tomb. And that is something that had to do with how the Necrolord came to power. And there's also another side mystery going on is about who is Gideon and where did she come from? Because she wasn't born on that planet. She just sort of showed up mysteriously and no one knows where she came from. So anyway, necromancers in space. You have to love it. You know who I wish was in that grave, Mel? Who? Hanson. Because another thing you've missed is that Mike and I have declared war on the band Hanson uh, during during your absence. We don't. Ha- what have they ever done to you? Nothing. Not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is a totally unjustified war, <laughs> but okay. but nonetheless. We're at war with Hanson, so I just want, wanted to get you up to speed on all the big happenings that have, have okay. happened over the past week. So we're we're at, we're at war with Hanson. So I get them I get them mixed up with Silverchair. They both hit about the same time. I'd have to look no, them Sil- up. Silverchair's good people. Right. Hanson, different story. Different story. Okay, okay. <laughs> Silverchair's okay. Hanson bad. bad. Okay. Hanson bad. Okay, I'll have to look them up on Apple Music <laughs> to remind me. It's been a long time <laughs> since Hanson. Yeah, well, it's a niche war. We recognize that, but it had to be done. So we're, It's we're... an eternal war, kind of like necromancers. See, there you go. Yes. So, so Kelly, can can I start going by necro lord? 
yeah. I was yes. gonna I was gonna ask for that. So to be Doctor Necrolord. Here, here, let let me <laughs> let me look up all of his titles. This this book. You're not helping. This me. world is it's kind of organized into houses. So there are nine houses, and each house has its own particular little quote for what each house is. And and so let me see. The uh, Necrolord is from the first house, and his name, he goes by Necromancer Divine, King of the Nine Renewals, and Resurrector, the Necrolord Prime. Those are all of his titles. So there you go. I'll be the Necrolord. You be the Necromancer Divine. (laughs) (laughs) That was, that was directed yeah. at Mel, right? <laughs> no, it wasn't, Kelly. Oh, boy. No. All right. No. Cool. One of the interesting I... things in there is each house has its own form of necromancy. So it's all very it's all very interesting, and I don't want to give all of it away, but I would love it if y'all would read this book, and then we could talk well, more about you, necromancers. You held it up, and it didn't look, you know, I have like a, it looked like it was probably an inch it's a quarter thick. It wasn't George Martin esque in terms of it, its. No, it it's not. It's not um quite as bad as his, but it's it's not a little book either. But it's a beautiful book for anyone out there who my rambling explanation has intrigued you to look it up. If you choose to get the hardback, it's a beautiful book with black sprayed edged paper in the book, and it's very pretty. So. Well, I'll I be like reading that. it, and Kelly will listen to it because, as we've established, he's illiterate. <sighs> Kelly's not illiterate. Yeah, yeah I'm wink. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm not the one who suggested this. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'm going to read it. <laughs> so... I didn't say he was illiterate. I mean, you didn't say it, but you kind of <laughs> hinted at it. I did not, and if I did, I apologize. You're like the book for Mike, and for Kelly, there's an audio version. Here's, here, here's a puppet. Here's a puppet. <laughs> audio listening to a book is perfectly valid. I like to read with my eyes, but this book in particular is really good to read with your ears. It sounds like it's worth checking out both of them. I've wanted to get more into audiobooks because I, I read a lot and I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I really don't delve into audiobooks. Mm-hmm. This one is a good, it, it really is a good audiobook to listen to. It's one of my favorite audiobooks that I've listened to. And I've had an Audible subscription since Audible came out. So I try a lot of audiobooks and I end up not being able to get through them. And one of my biggest pet peeves is when there's a book that I love that I then listen to the audiobook and the audiobook is so bad that I'm like, no one who would buy this audiobook or check it out from the library would think that this is a good book because the the audio version of it is so terrible. So there's only a few that I really, really think are either on par or superior to actually reading the written book. So this is one of them. I mean, it's equal to me, but I really do enjoy the audiobook on this one. So something about the the narrator gives it a deeper, where it just deepens the story and the the pronunciation of the names, and that she does a good job of the different voices for the different houses to make them distinct, so you can tell them apart. So it's really good. It's one of it's one of the ones up there. So I definitely recommend reading the audiobook. Very nice, excellent, cool. Well. That's- it's a, it's a good uh, it's a good return. So that was a that was a fun show. It's good done? stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Kelly's not saying anything. I know. What? what? Kelly? What? Really? You're not 
you're messing with me, right? <laughs> you're messing. I hope this all stays in the show. Oh boy! He's, yeah, I think he's he's dropped us all. He's oh, quit. Boy. He's rage quit, and he's left. Oh, he rage boy. quit. Oh, Say boy. I can't read. <laughs> so so folks, this is this he's is not even great. a real doctor. This is great because uh, I'm recording and all this, and so I get uh, Mike and Mel. So I'm gonna wrap it up for now, and uh, text Mike and Mel and tell them what's going on. So thanks for listening, everybody. Kelly, can you hear us? We can't hear you. You have no audio, sir. You can contact us on our website nurtureandsupport.net or email us at nurtandsup at gmail.com that's n-u-r-t-a-n-d-s-u-p-p at gmail.com or tweet us at nurtandsup on twitter you can also catch nurture and support on youtube just search nurture and support or kelly tool nurturing and supporting journey.